0: everybody and welcome to another edition of college football showdown presented by prime sports world I'm here with my main man Christian Simpson from the daily Bliss. blog and Monday evening quarterback uh but be- but before we start the show I want everybody to please like share and subscribe to the podcast especially at Facebook and at YouTube I would love if you guys would subscribe if YouTube need to get those viewerships up as well uh, on that platform and twitch and Twitter um at david's uh Twitter and my Twitter um Izzy underscore PSW um and also go ahead and like uh go ahead and follow dailyblitz.blog and the Monday evening quarterback on Tuesday. Um and also everybody we are back on Facebook after 30 days of being banned for some reason um Mark Zuckerberg has uh, decided to uh, let the, sh- the 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 cuffs off of us, right? Uh, but anyways, how's my main man Christian doing, man?
1: Man, I'm doing good, man. It's been a fun year of football, and it just seems like the the great part of the season is really about to start. College football playoff tomorrow. Still got another mm-hmm. week left of of the NFL. Well, another two weeks. Week seventeen this week. Next week's the finale. And then it's mm-hmm. playoff time, and then national an awesome championships. So there's still a lot of great football in store.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, we had some great football today. Uh, coming back to beat UCLA off of a late, um, late field goal, uh, that Notre Dame South Carolina game. I mean, that was fireworks, right? Uh, yeah, Spencer Rattler definitely
1: really was.
0: Yeah, Spencer Rattler looked really good in that game as well. Uh but that you know, they were up what 21-7 going into the half and uh Notre Dame came back and won that um won that 45 to um 45 to 38 if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um yeah. Um, yeah, but uh no this is a game they didn't have uh, Michael Mayer on out there, so you know some some you know other guys stepped up, estimate stepped up, Lindsay, Brayden Lindsay stepped up at the wide receiver position. Um, and if you guys haven't seen um that throw and catch uh by Spencer Radlock, forget who the wide receiver is. He just barely got one foot in bounds. It was one of his touchdown, um it was one of his touchdown passes, I believe was it to uh I think it was Xavier Leggett. I think it was.
1: Um, I think it was Xavier. I think it was yeah, Leggett. It
0: was, I think it was Xavier Leggett. That was a hell of a catch. I mean, he looked like Spider Man in the air. Um, you know, catching that ball and then just getting. You only need one in college. Um, right. So that was a hell of a, a hell of a play. Um, you know, in that game. Uh, and then we had um, Ohio and Godly. Uh, was Ohio and Wyoming. They went to they went to OT in Ohio, um, you know, came out of that one, uh, probably 30 to 27 um, in that game. And then we had a – we'll get to the Maryland-NC State game, too, here in the Christian, uh, with some of our with – with a couple of the top headlines. We won't stay too much on that. Uh, but Maryland squeaked out a victory in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl in, in um, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, 16 through 12. Um, Sixteen to twelve. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyways, um, what do you think about uh, some of the games and uh, what, you know what about some of the games last week? Did you catch any, Christian?
1: Um, I did watch North. I mean, I did watch Oregon, North Carolina. That was a little bit more. I, that was a little less low scoring than what I was imagining. I'm thinking both these teams are going to light the scoreboard up. But man, I will say this: Dan Lanning. He has a bright future ahead of him. I know it got off to a rocky start with him coaching. But, you know, he, he really learned a lot in his first season in North Carolina. I hope they can do something to get that defense right. Because you know what you're going to get from the offense, Izzy. You know they're going to like the scoreboard up. They're going to put you in the best position to win. But can the defense hold up? their end of the bargain. And I'll say this. If that defense can hold up, it's end of the bargain, just like the offense has. This is a scary North Carolina team. This is a team that can compete for, I don't think just one championship, but multiple championships. You have Matt Brown. You know, he's a championship winning head coach. Remember what he did for Texas that one year? Um,
0: yeah, so I think
1: both these programs, I think they could be headed in in the right direction. And I have yeah. to give a huge shout out to Dan Lanning because after a big signing day, he played today was a good day by Ice Cube.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if, if everybody's referring, he's uh, talking about the um, cultural uh, Oregon. Yep. Um, if I'm not mistaken. So um, yeah, no, that was a hell of a game, Christian. I, I saw um, you know Bo Nix um, with the late late game touchdown with under 30 seconds to win that game. That was the under you know game. I would say this though, Drake May. That first half, he played a perfect first half. I said this about the and then what Oregon did. They they they. Where I thought North Carolina was going to run away with this, but what Oregon did—they limited um, the big plays. They, they limited those passing lanes for Drake May. Kind of made it a little tougher on him. Uh, made the proper adjustments. That's why you say Dan Lanning is one of the better college football coaches because he made the proper adjustments at halftime. It looked like Drake May—he had three touchdowns for and he didn't throw not one more um, in this game. So uh, first half was amazing, and then you know, and then also I got to look. I got to talk about this. Drake May is a what a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's going to be a future top five pick in the NFL draft. I I mean, if I have to if I have to talk about if there's a close quarterback that's next to Caleb Williams, that isn't the best quarterback in the nation is Drake May. I would actually put Drake May. I would actually put Drake May ahead of C.J. Stroud and. um, And 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 uh, Bryce Young. Really? I know know people would be crazy. People would think I'm crazy for saying that. But I'm not. If you look at Drake Mays' numbers, they are phenomenal. You're talking about he was in the breath of Lamar. And when I look at the eyeball test, I'm like, man, he's got the size. He reminds me a lot of, like, Justin Herbert, the way he stands in the pocket and he could deliver the football. Mm-hmm. He's big, 6'4", 220. I know Justin Herbert's a little bigger. But, I mean, the way he stands in the pocket, he could deliver the football. I mean, as a freshman – he threw for over 4300 yards, 38 touchdowns, man. I mean, man, I mean, he doesn't need to limit the mistakes, but I think he's 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 on his path to being one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Probably the best quarterback in the nation uh, you know, in the next year or two. I
1: think um, I think what stands out to me about him is just the focus he plays with and and not only that, I just love how calm he is. When, when mm-hmm. he's throwing that ball, you really don't see young quarterbacks like him with the command and control of the mm-hmm. offense. You get that with Drake. You know what I'm saying? And Yeah. Look, he's coming into next season with a full year under his belt, so I think he's only going to be scarier, is he?
0: Oh man, he is. And and in North Carolina, man, Mac Brown, like you and I think like you said too, man, like Mac Brown, I know North Carolina playing the ACC, but they can like with Drake Main for the next couple years or year, they can they can get a better defense, not not, you know, build a better defense. I know Mac Brown prides himself on that. Uh and they, they weren't that great this year. But if they get a better defense, this team could contend and be in the top 10 uh next year, maybe contend for a CFP playoff spot. Who knows mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. him? And then uh, moving on to uh, some of the other notable games that we had on Wednesday. And I'll just stick with this, like Kansas and Arkansas in the in, in, in the Liberty Bowl, 55 to 53, Arkansas pulls it out. But what a hell of a game by Jalen Daniels. Kansas looked like they were out of it uh, in this game. They were down. Golly, what, what they were down. They scored 18 in the fourth. Um, they were down, Godly was that 38? It had to be, yeah, they were down 38 to 20. So they were mm-hmm. down 15 points going into the fourth quarter. And Kansas just came back and, and tied it up. And jay and Daniels, 37 to 55, 544 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he was magnificent for Kansas. Uh, and then you got K.J. Jefferson, who, I mean, come on. He was magnificent in his own right. You know, the 19 to 29, 287, two touchdowns through the air, 14 carries, 130 yards and two touchdowns. And I say this all the time, Christian, baby Cam Newton, yeah. uh, K.J. Jefferson, when he gets in the red zone, it's not many teams that can stop him. From getting in that end zone with his legs.
1: No, nah, it's really not. And I say the same thing. He has the same mannerisms as Cam. And I actually saw a little interview with him. He said he idolizes Cam Newton and models his game after the veteran signal caller. And you definitely see it with... I think he's a better passer, though, than Cam mm-hmm. ever was at any point in his NFL career. Now, Cam could fling that ball down the field yeah. when he was at Auburn, but... You know, I definitely do see flashes of Auburn, Cam Newton, and, and KJ Jefferson. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this too, Izzy. I can't wait to see what these two programs do next year, especially Kansas, because I like what Lance Leopold is building there. I mean, look, hmm. college game day went to Lawrence, and Kansas football has been a laughing stock the last couple right. years. So how do they build off of what they built? How do they build off of what they started this year? Get recruits, continue to to send the right message, and I think you know Lance Leopold was the right guy for the job.
0: Yeah, no, he he's definitely changed that. Um, he's definitely changed that uh, that um, that program around, um, and he's a he's a coach that I mean he's a winner, right? He's a winner. He was the you know former coach. You know, he won all those national championships at Wisconsin Whitewater. Then he went to Buffalo and had a good little run there at Buffalo and the Mac. And then mm-hmm. now he's at Kansas changing it around. So, you know, I mean, when you talk about his accomplishments, I mean, at Wisconsin Whitewater, he's got six Division Three national championships. Okay? This guy is a winner. All he knows is how to win, how to change programs, how to do his thing. And you're right. I think Lance Leopold is the exact right man for this job um, and uh, some other notable games, I guess, that you know, in on that day. Yeah. Texas Tech Ole Miss. Um, you no, know, Tyler Shaw. He was the starting quarterback uh, beginning of the year for Texas Tech. He came back for this game, had an amazing game against uh, Ole Miss. Ole Miss just, uh, you know, they have one of the better rushing attacks in this game. But they really. Right. Texas Tech for stopping them. And, 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 and kind of making Jackson Dart try to beat him. And they said Jackson Dart beat us, and he couldn't. He couldn't beat him. Um, but Texas Tech just jumped all over him in the first half. I remember watching that game um, and then, you know, kind of ended him in that fourth quarter. And then uh, moving on, you know, you got Washington, Texas, uh, you know, this past Thursday in the Alamo Bowl. That was a good game. Washington wins 27-20. Um, it was a really good game, though. It was a Cheez-It Bowl. Florida State and Oklahoma. That was going back and forth there. Jordan Travis, 27 to 38, 418 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, that game was going back and forth there for quite some time. Uh, you know, the whole game. I, you know, I thought OU was actually gonna come, was actually gonna pull that out. They were up 17-11 going into the half. Uh, and then that fourth quarter was just back and forth. Um between both programs. Um, I thought Florida State would run away with it a little bit just because of the way Oklahoma's been ended the season, but it was a good game and a good way, right? For Mike Norvell to take this to you know, it, we talked about it. Florida State ended the year in a, what six this is the seventh game in a row that they've won, uh Christian?
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. I've, look, I've been talking six about six games, this. six game in a row. Six games, six games. I've been talking about this program all year long Izzy with you and some other people and I I like the direction that they're heading in look I know they're they're far they're nowhere near close to what um we saw in 2013 or what we saw under Jimbo Fisher We, we know but I just I like the talent that Mike had Jordan Travis, I think, is a good quarterback. And they're going to continue to build. They're going to continue to add pieces. And if they recruit, this is a team I watch out for in, in 2023. I think, you know, I think they can get back to being relevant again. what do I always tell you? When the legendary teams are relevant, I just think that's a, a great thing for the sport as a whole.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I honestly do think that this Florida State team, Is going to be a top 10 program coming out the gate next year. Um, They were, they were, they started off in the top 25 this year. Mm -hmm. um, If I'm not mistaken, then they kind of stumbled. Those, I I always mention those three ranked games killed them. They were close games, but they just, it killed them because they lost all three of them. But I think it shows the maturity of this uh, football team, right? After those three games, they went on a six game win streak. Ended the season out on a, on a strong note. Going into next season, they're bringing back a lot of guys next season. And it shows the maturity on learning how to win, um, you know, certain games. And especially in this game where it was back and forth, it was close. They could have folded and they could have reverted back to their old ways in the middle of the season, but they didn't. They, mm-hmm. they won the football game and pulled it out um, in a three-point win. So could, can't get any closer than that uh, for Florida State, but it definitely shows the maturity and, and shows that Mike Norvell – Um, has this program headed in the right direction. Uh, Moving forward to our top headlines, uh, and we'll kind of fire quick through this. Um, Yeah, so, you know, new thing. You know, we've been talking about headlines here in the college football world. Um, I have three only today. I did five last week. Um, But the first one, New Jersey betting site, Points bet they halt the Citrus Bowl betting and this is for guys like me who puts in the parlays who puts in all the bets um, because Drew Brees because of their affiliation with Drew Brees they have halted the Citrus Bowl um, because Drew Brees uh, is a um, he is sponsored by Points Bet he has an affiliation with Points Bet and we all know that Drew Brees um, Drew Brees is the uh, is like an interim assistant coach for this game. Um, in the Citrus Bowl for Purdue, going up against LSU. Um, so yeah, this is a violation of state regulations, um, which you know prohibits you know athletes uh, from having any ownership or interest in or control of or otherwise be employed by an operator. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, Breeze has been a he's been an, he's been basically a brand ambassador for PointsBet um he received the equity stake in the sports book in the deal and you know they they can't they can't they can't put this game on 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 the on the slate for people to bet uh, yeah yeah i saw
1: that <laughs> i definitely i was looking into that i saw that hey i mean is what it is it did it, 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 that's all you game, can really guys. say yeah exactly Speaking that's another you game, do guys
0: <laughs> It doesn't affect Drew Brees at all. Uh, we did. I did talk about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, that I think this is. The, I know Drew Brees says he doesn't have any interest in coaching, but why would you want to be an interim assistant coach if you weren't? If you didn't have any interest in coaching, right? And so it look, kind of brings back. I think. I think Drew Brees in the future will be a head coach someday.
1: I mean, look, as we're seeing guys that we came up watching take over as head coaches. Mike Vrabel is one. Uh who's another one? Uh I mean Deion Sanders is yeah. another one. Um i I know I'm missing somebody else. I know there are a few that, that oh no there's a lot of them. Yeah right? there's a lot you of got, them. I mean look the DC
0: yeah yeah who was you about to say yeah I was gonna say you got you got um um godly who's the who's the DC that uh um He's a linebacker, He used to play for uh the Houston Texans. He's um godly D'Amico Ryans
1: for, D'Amico the Ryan. then, for the 49ers, yeah. Yeah, and then 49ers, well, yeah, yeah. And then look at what former players, yeah. And then look at what Bethune Cookman just did, they just hired Ed Reed to be their next head coach. So, H, HBCU, yes. yeah, HB and that's mother. what
0: people were talking about, Christian. Yep. That's what people were talking about. Dion De- laid the foundation for people. Exactly.
1: exactly. He laid it down.
0: You got mm-hmm. guys now like Ed Reed. Mo Williams is, is actually the head coach at uh, Jackson State for their basketball program. Yeah, and then
1: um, what's his name? And then Eddie George is a head coach too. Yeah. Uh, I, I just can't remember what school, but nah, man. I wanted to actually, I wanted to bring up. Ed, Reed, Ed I look, you, you know my admiration for Ed Reed. I think he, he's the greatest safety that I've ever seen with my own two eyes. And he's at
0: Tennessee State.
1: Yeah, yeah. A- Eddie George, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Eddie George. Um, um,
1: but nah, man. I mean, Ed is a brilliant football mind, and kids are going to want to go play for him. Remember, he's a legend. He, he's a Hall of Famer. And, I mean, he's made his name, and his he's left his mark. On the game of football, and I think this is a great hire. I, I'm so happy for him,
0: yeah. No, absolutely. I, I didn't even know that Bethune Cookman hired Ed Reed, and that, that's that's news to me. I'm great you brought that to the college football show, uh, to college football showdown because, yeah, no, I think, like I said, Dion, uh, we're kind of getting away from the headlines, but I don't care. Dion laid the foundation, mm. you know, it's kind of coming back to a couple weeks ago, my a couple weeks ago where I talked about Dion leaving for Colorado, he laid the foundation for um for hbcu for 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 guys like Ed Reed for guys like former pro players to come to hbcus and, and start getting a crack at it let's get a crack at it you know we saw what um you know he did uh, we saw what um Dion did you know he ate, leveled the playing field he brought in top 100 recruits why can't we do that right who wouldn't want who wouldn't want um you know, Ed Reed coming through the door? and snabbing up a three- or four-star recruit. Exactly. Because, exactly. because exactly. you know, most of, the, most of the recruits that's going to HBCUs are one-stars. They're not even ranked, you know? Yeah, so but, be, man,
1: that, that big name definitely speaks volumes because who wouldn't want to oh, go yeah. play for Deion Sanders? And you know what's funny, Izzy? I remember a couple years ago someone asked me when I have kids – and my son is playing football, where would I want him to play? I'm like, ah, he doesn't have to bank on me wherever he wants to go. I'll support him. But if I wanted him to go somewhere, preferably, I said, you know, he's going to the U, especially because the way I view it, is, hear me out here, the U in college football is like do basketball in men's college basketball that brotherhood and you just look at all the big names and the legendary players that have played at miami warren sapp ray lewis ed reed james um frank gore and who's another one i know i'm missing one um, man you got yes, a bunch of them you got
0: michael michael, you got Irvin. michael Irvin. Michael you got Irvin. ray lewis ray you got clinton portis jonathan vilma you know, yeah. what and I what like is and, Warren Sack.
1: Yeah, and what do some of those guys have in common? They're Hall of
0: Famers. Then he so, tested the birdie. <laughs> right, right.
1: But nah, man, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be any happier for Ed. I think, man, this couldn't have happened to a better guy. And I think he's going to be great there. I, I'm so excited for him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, you know, and Mario Cristobal is trying to uh, bring back that program. Uh, uh, University of Miami, yeah, uh, as well. So, um, yeah, no, definitely, um, you know, definitely, uh, big, big things coming for uh, HBCU program. I think Deion laid the foundation. I think more, um, you know, Hall of Famer type coaches, you know, Hall of Fame players are going to transition to being the head coach, uh, you know, for some of the HBCUs and kind of level out that playing field, uh, for, for HBCUs. Uh, anyways, moving forward, uh, to our next hotline, TCU. Uh, Cause you know Sonny Dice was an assistant uh, under Mike Leach. He comes under that uh, Mike Leach coaching tree, mm-hmm. uh, and he was also assistant alongside of him a- in Kentucky um, as well. But uh, TCU to wear a pirate sticker on their helmets. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that, man, that's a classy look. That's a classy way to 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 pay homage and to pay tribute to Mike Leach. Um, Mike Leach was a big part of the college football landscape and they're really keeping his memory and his presence felt, even though he's not here with us physically, he's still here with us in spirit. So I think this is a great way to honor him.
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, going over, you know, Sonny Dykes, he was the, um, he was a assistant, um, under, um, Mike Leach at Texas Tech from 2000 to 2006. Mm-hmm. So that's wide receivers coach, and later his offensive coordinator. And then he worked alongside Leach as an assistant um, at Kentucky under Hal Mum, um, mm-hmm. and basically that's where you know the air raid attack came from. You know Mum and Leach both both guys you know um, you know inspired Sonny Dykes to kind of utilize. Some of some of those aspects that air raid offense into what they what they what he's doing at TCU. So um, yeah, that is very classy of him. And um, uh, yeah, I look forward I look forward to that game. We'll we'll preview that game a little later. Um, but anyways, classy move by Sonny Dykes uh, in honor of Mike Leach. Anyways, moving forward uh, to our last top headline, and this actually happened today. And if I had a donkey of the day. If I had a donkey of the day, it'd go to Gary Hahn, the NC State radio voice, okay, uh, who has just recently been suspended indefinitely for his illegal alien uh, reference. Um, so basically, this is what happened. Um, so the NC State radio broadcaster, Gary Hahn, uh, basically he referred illegal illegal aliens in El Paso, Texas, during the Wolfpack's 16 to 12 loss um, to Maryland in the, Mayo, in the Duke's Mail Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. Han made the comments as he relayed the score of the Sun Bowl, saying, Down among all the illegal aliens in El Paso, it's UCLA 14 and Pittsburgh 6. Because, you know, UCLA and Pittsburgh were playing in the Sun Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on that? Um, if I had a donkey of the day, or or, or if I had um, uh, uh, or you know how Leon Leon from GCI gives a ass person of the day, uh-huh. it's go Gary Hahn.
1: Um, <laughs> look, you know what this kind of reminded me of a little bit, maybe not in the same light, but I was kind of reminded of when Tom Brennerman made the 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 homophobic slur during a broadcast when his mic was hot. And my thing is this, when, whenever you hear any of these you know, commentators or athletes or people that are under the spotlight make comments like this, they're showing you their true colors. This is who they yeah. are. The only reason why they apologize is because they got caught. Man, I
0: mean, I, and, and how would you not get caught? You're saying this. Um, thousands and thousands of people are listening to this game mm-hmm. uh for NC State. And you just say it like, oh well, that were the illegal aliens in El Paso. What's the point of saying that? That's 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 a, that's an insensitive racial um kind of you know remark there in a way. Illegal aliens. I, I don't understand where he was going with that. But we also, you know, you know, talking about some guys, I just think some guys just Kind of oblivious and not oblivious, but just kind of like, don't even know what certain things like, like Robert Griffin using the term Jigaboo uh, the other day, he got under, he under, under fire for that. Right. Um, yeah. Because some, some guys are just unaware of the situation, unaware of what they're saying and unaware of what the hell some of this stuff even means. Yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely agree with you. But you know, I think RG three. Look, I'm not defending him, but I think he's just having fun out there because he's funny. Like he he he's entertaining. I gotta give him that. Is he?
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. But this guy Gary Hahn, he's gonna get my goofball person of the day (laughs) for real. Because I mean, come on, bro you 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 use an illegal alien reference to reference the sunbow in El Paso, Texas. That was wrong, Mm -hmm. Um, and you need to come out with a thorough apology to the people of El Paso, Texas. But anyways, moving forward to our main juicy part of the steak of the show, and that is the New Year's Six, which actually one of them is already kicking off with Tennessee and Clemson, um, which I do believe. I believe Tennessee's up in that game, uh, if I'm not mistaken right now in in the Orange Bowl.
1: Yeah, we can in check
0: in the Orange Bowl. Yeah, they're up twenty-one-six right now the Orange Bowl. But anyways, um, yeah, big, big part of the um college football slate. This is this is the main part right here. Is the New York Six Bowls on Saturday. You got the Sugar Bowl. You got the Cotton Bowl. You got the Rose Bowl. Then you got your college football playoff games with the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Christian, yeah. Uh, what a time to be alive!
1: What a time
0: college football right now.
1: Yeah, what a time. This is you know, bowl season is the one one part of the year where everybody looks forward to it because it's really your last dose of college football. Then you gotta wait until that first week of September when when everything is kicking off. Me and you were getting ready to do College football showdown. And everybody wanted to know was I coming back to college football showdown next year? Absolutely. Come on, man. Let's just get that out the way right now. <laughs> but nah, man, like the New Year's the New Year's six slate of everything is what always catches everybody's attention.
0: Absolutely. Um, I mean it's the it's the best, it's the best, these are the best teams in the nation playing in the best bowls. Um, not particularly, are these games going to be the best ball games? No, but these are the best competition, the best teams collectively over the whole season playing in the best ball games mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday, baby. Um, uh, but starting off, I will start off with the Sugar Bowl, which is you know, it's not the college, college football playoff. Obviously, we'll talk about that last, but we got the Sugar Bowl. This right. is a 12 p.m. Eastern game. This is at the Superdome in New Orleans between number five, Alabama, going up against number nine, Kansas State. Um, yeah, both these teams, uh, especially Alabama, um, uh, you know, had college football playoff, um, you know, aspirations, uh, but they were they were probably, you know, the one of the best two teams, I, I wouldn't say the best two team, uh, best two-loss team in the nation. They probably are the best two-loss team in the nation. What, what, what would you think, Christian? Yeah,
1: Alabama, best two lost yeah, 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 probably. And we know they were kind of knocking I at that door. Yeah, and, you know, we were, they were knocking at that door. They were on the outside looking in. I know you and I have talked about it. Really weren't those bullies that we're accustomed to seeing. In years past, um, but mm-hmm. here they are still playing in a major New Year's uh, Day, New Year's Six Bowl game.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is a this is a game for Bryce Young to kind of put a stamp on his college football career. As he probably is going to be the number one overall pick uh, in next year's draft. Uh, but yeah, uh, running over some stats, points per game, Alabama, 40.8 uh, to Kansas State's 33.2 points allowed per game, 18 to Kansas State's 20.1 total yards 475 and a half to twenty to uh for Alabama four twenty point two for K State. Um and you know Alabama's just the more higher prone, you know, they are just the more balanced, more explosive and more balanced team uh in my opinion. They do the same things that Kansas State just better. Um, you know, passing 278.3 on through the air, 197.3 on the ground to uh Kansas State's 210 and a half in the air and 209.6 uh on the ground, which I do believe Kansas State does have the better running back in this game, but Jameer Gibbs is no slouch. No, he's as no slouch.
1: That's <laughs> Christian has he, said before he, look, Lim- he is he is no slouch, but I love me some deuce Vaughn Is he he mad. Oh, yeah. He mad he no. He he he's Darren Sproles. He's Darren Sproles with uh, I can't think of somebody else, but his game is very similar to 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 Darren. But when I look at this matchup, it's both. It's different styles of football. Like Kansas mm-hmm. State's not going to be the team that's going to beat you with a consistent passing attack. They're going to run that football, and they're gonna they're gonna wear you down up front. They're going to be physical, and I just want to see how. You know this offensive line tries to neutralize Will Anderson. They're gonna and but I do see Kansas State taking a shot at Alabama secondary because they're extremely vulnerable. But in the end, I just think experience trumps on. and I think Alabama beats uh beats Kansas State. Is he?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and 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 the last two Sugar Bowls weren't so good. Two thousand eight and two thousand thirteen. Um, Alabama's favorite. In 2008, they lost to Utah by two touchdowns. In 2013, they lost to Oklahoma by two set touchdowns. So that is a point of emphasis um, that uh, Nick Saban has uh, been, uh, you know, making to his guys this week that we need to win in the Sugar Bowl. Like <laughs> it's like we. I I've, I've, the last two times I played in the Sugar Bowl. Um, and I right. don't know what it is, them going down to New Orleans for, um, you know, a couple days ahead of the game and maybe they they out there on, you know, on, um, you know, partying or whatever. But uh, uh, Nick Saban is definitely going to have his guys rolling. I think – I do believe Alabama is the better team, um, you know, defensively. Um, yeah, you're right, Will Anderson, he's going to be tough on this. He's going to be tough uh, in this game. Um, I do believe for Kansas State to win – Will Howard does have to make plays through the air, um, because this uh, Alabama defense is, you know, the, you know they're one of the better uh, rushing defenses in the in the nation uh, at stopping the run. So um, they're going to try and neutralize Deuce Vaughn uh, a little bit, and we know Deuce Vaughn could do it inside, outside. Um, he's a, he's one of the stronger backs for being so, you know, small. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is, I mean, did you see the biceps on that kid?
1: Look, okay. I'll tell you, look, Izzy, look <laughs> okay. Izzy, Izzy, listen, I'll tell you this. When I played, trying to tackle those smaller um, running backs and those smaller players, that was so tough because they were so quick and they were so compact to the ground.
0: Yeah, no, he reminds me, you know, this kid, he's only 5'6", 176, but he's like all muscle. Uh, yeah. He reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler. You know,
1: oh, that's a good one.
0: Like but if I had to, if I, 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 I like Darren Sproles too. I think Austin Eckler is a little taller. But I think when I look at like a current NFL player, I'm like, man, he's built like an Austin Eckler. Like, dude is just like all muscle over there. But um, yeah, Kansas State's gonna have to um, you know, make plays through the air to win this football game. I just think Alabama has more. Uh, it's more of an explosive offense and Kansas State, uh, defense a little shaky, um, you know, this year. So, i um, gotta give it if it's in a, if it's a shootout, Alabama's winning this all day long. Give yeah. me Alabama to win the Sugar Bowl, yeah. So, moving yeah. on, moving yep. on to the Good Year Cotton Bowl, um, played at 1 uh, p.m. Eastern on ESPN. We got number 16, two lane champions of the um, American going up against. Uh, number 10, USC, um, who, you know, lost the Pac-12 championship to Utah. Should have, would have been, if they would have won that game, would have been in the CFP, but should have, could have, would have. Doesn't matter. They're in the Cotton Bowl going against Tulane. How do you see this one shaking out? We have the Heisman Trophy winner on display uh, in this football game uh, for uh, the USC Trojans. Um yeah, how do you see this one shaking out, Christian?
1: I like USC. Um, I just don't think anybody in Tulane secondary is going to be able to match up Mario Williams or no. Jordan or Jordan Addison. And I don't believe they have a pass rusher to collapse Caleb Williams' pocket. I think Caleb has a big debt, and he's going to show why he was the Heisman.
0: Yeah, and this game, this game is going to be on Monday uh, January 2nd. So you guys, um, you know, keep out for that game, but, uh, and it's played at AT AT&T stadium, uh, in Arlington, Texas. But yeah, no, I just, yeah, you're right. I do think that, uh, you know, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams are going to be tough for two lane, too explosive. I think Caleb Williams is too explosive for two lane. And, um, I mean both teams don't really play defense. I mean, well I mean, I wouldn't say both teams don't play defense. I would say the Achilles heel for USC is is their secondary, right? Um, right. you know, to be able to, to win, uh Pratt's going to be able to have to make these plays. Uh this is an explosive offense they average 35.2 uh yards and they won't, they're only allowing 20 and a half while USC is allowing 27.9. Now, we talk about the competition discrepancy. Uh, between usc and Tulane, i'm gonna have to give it to you know, usc obviously they played the a harder schedule um but yeah i you know i do think um you know a guy another guy that's gonna be big in this game too uh, for usc um is their big is their uh, defensive lineman um uh, godly uh two uh godly, i can't pronounce it for
1: last name. are you taking for uh usc i
0: i always i always have a trouble with pronouncing this dude's last name. I know who I know who you're, know who you're too,
1: talking about too.
0: Yeah, it's two. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's two. It's two. <laughs> I know who Tuli. you're talking about. Tupu, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm can't gonna just start calling him Tuli, bro. I'm gonna just start calling him Tuli, bro, yeah. because Tuli yep. is a Tuli is a hell of a nickname. Yep. Yeah, Tuli defensive lineman. He's probably a top ten guy. He's number two in the nation in sacks. Um so you know this kid gets after the football he's going to be big against Tulane I absolutely love this kid he can play inside and outside um for uh for the USC Trojans so um but yeah give me USC I think K Williams has a big game against Tulane here I agree Cotton Bowl. I Moving agree. forward to the next Monday game on January 2nd after New Year's Day we have the infamous Rose Bowl, and I'll say it like my man Keith Jackson in Pasadena, California, <laughs> the Rose Bowl. <laughs> number 11, Penn State, going up against number eight, Utah, the Pac-12 champions, um, Utah Utes. And as I rode through Salt Lake City Airport today, because I came to Salt Lake City to visit my lady, um, they have big signs saying, congrats, Utah Utes, back-to-back packed all champs and actually at one of these uh restaurants i forget what burger joint it is is actually one of our favorite burger joints um kyle whittingham uh eats for free there really? they have a board of guys that eat for free and kyle whittingham is one of them really? so, <laughs> yes absolutely but anyways he's not eating for free against penn state because they're gonna be hungry they're gonna make him earn it Uh, How do you see this one shaking out
1: between
0: Penn State and Utah? Well, I see
1: contrasting styles of football between the two of them. Let's start with Utah. You know, they want to spread you out. Cameron Rising wants to take shots down the field, have a strong offensive line that can protect him. He can move in that pocket, bounce outside, make a throw, um, make a throw with his arm, and just make the right throw when you need him to deliver most. You saw it in the Big 12 title game, in the Pac-12 title game. And they played some pretty solid defense, too, because they did a pretty good job of collapsing Caleb Williams' pocket and not giving him time to throw the football, making him stay in the pocket and making him throw, not allowing him to, to extend plays. And when you look at Penn State, Penn State, they got back to the running game this year. And I think they have a pretty formidable tandem of running backs. Nick Singleton, K-Tran Allen, and I think they're gonna be huge here in this game. You know, don't let um don't let Sean Clifford do it all. Don't put too much pressure on him. But I think Utah is a slightly better team, and I think they're gonna show it. I'm taking Utah in this one.
0: Um, man, you know what? Uh who- I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm actually going to go with Utah as well. I think um, Don Kincaid, I think, you know, him and Ryzen, are a great uh, tandem there at Utah. Um, and, you know, I do think uh, everything you just said, I mean, Cameron Ryzen and Sean Clifford, very similar, similar quarterbacks, very similar uh, stats that they put up this year. Um it's, it's all depending on who is going to make the least mistakes between those two guys. But I also want to focus on the defensive end, right? I want to focus on, uh, you know, Penn State's DB and Joey Porter Jr. And I want to focus on Utah Utes' DB, Clark Phillips III, right? You yep, yep. guys are going to be first-round picks in next year's NFL draft. Who is going to make the biggest, the bigger plays in this game? You know, I think between those two guys – um, you know, a battle of two top cornerbacks, um, you know, in the in in college football, um, both guys are going to want to outdo each other, and I think you know, um, it depends on you know, like I said, who makes the least mistakes for Payne Rising and Sean Clifford. Um, I do believe that you know, Utah does play a little bit more physical brand of football when it comes to running the football, exactly. Um, that's something that's saying something that's saying so they average 220. On the ground as a team collectively, and that's saying something because Penn State and Michigan are two physical teams out of the Big Ten, and Utah is just as physical as those guys, and that's why they're able to, you know, that's why they've won the Pac 12 two times in a row, exactly. So, um, I'm actually gonna go with Utah as well, think they're a more physical team, uh, running the football just slightly physical, more physical, they're kind of up there in that Michigan. Uh, realm of being physical, the way I agree between the tackles. So, I'm gonna go give it to Utah, but it does depend on who's gonna make the least mistakes. If Cameron Rising makes more mistakes than John Clifford, I don't think Utah has a talent as talented of a team to kind of bounce back defensively. Um, you know, to, to kind of counter those mistakes, if you, if you know what I'm saying, because you can't get Penn State, you can't get Penn State no leeway. We've seen Penn State. Blow teams out in the second half.
1: Yeah, we have. But my question with Penn State is, which Nittany Lions team are we going to see? Because sometimes they can get off to good starts, and they look dominant. And then when they struggle, I mean, they really, really, really struggle. So
0: what? They've been blowing. Their last four opponents, they blew them out, though. Even though, I mean, IU, Maryland. I mean, they blew Maryland out 30 nothing, 55-10 Rutgers, 35-16 Michigan State. He's having a complete down year. Um, this is actually right. 44-31 loss to Ohio State. But, I mean, Penn State, State's been on a tear the last four games. And, uh, and Utah's coming off that big win in the Pac-12 championship uh, against USC. So
1: Absolutely.
0: Should be a fun one, uh, Christian, uh, to watch uh, on the second. But! Moving to, I wouldn't say in the Rose Bowl is actually the granddaddy of them all. Man, how
1: who who could who could hate the Rose Bowl? Like, man, somebody who many can classic, hate the Rose Bowl? I look. gotta, you know what? Uh huh. Hey, Let me hear it. I gotta. The
0: go Rose Bowl is probably one of those things that we uh, we gotta do one day. We gotta go to the Rose Bowl. Look, I look. Get there a couple days early. Go see the parade. Let's go do to it. the it. Team, all the stuff that, that look, that's, that's got to be on my bucket list.
1: Look, you tell me when. I just meet you out there. Like, like, bro, seriously. Wait, we,
0: will, we, we will be in Pasadena, California. And on top
1: of that, man, like that stadium is just a perfect setting. Like, I want to yeah. see, a, I want to see another Super Bowl played there. If I'm being completely honest with you,
0: ooh, that's a good idea. Actually, that's that's one of those stadiums. That is one of those stadiums over a hundred thousand. Uh, I mean, it's that's one of those stadiums. It's just majestic. Uh, yeah it for,
1: is and you know oh. I just think I just think of all the iconic games that have happened there you remember that Georgia Oklahoma game a couple of years ago when Baker won the Heisman and just how high scoring that was that happened mm. at the Rose Bowl you know I think of I what think Jack- that was- uh-huh. you would never forget what no, uh-
0: Oh no! I remember. I I just remember Vince Young's two years in a row at the Rose Bowl. the the one The one game against Michigan the year before the year before he won a national championship against USC. Vince Young uh, had two gems in the Rose Bowl. I remember that, you know. Mm
1: -hmm. And then you know, I look at I look at the game last year between Utah and Ohio State. Jackson (laughs) Smith and Jigba having three hundred and forty seven yards receiving, and Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he was playing in that game, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, I just think of the shootout. Yeah, Utah was in the hey. Rose Bowl last year.
0: Hey, Christian, yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. Jace Smith and Jugba didn't even need to come back. You know, he didn't need to rush back from injury this year because people were still talking about that game in the Rose Bowl, baby. <laughs> exactly.
1: They gonna, he gonna
0: get picked first round pick just because of that game.
1: Exactly. <laughs> you know what
0: I'm uh, anyways, uh, moving on to. Um, the two most important games on the slate tomorrow. We got the college football playoff. We are finally here, ladies and gentlemen, and we have the VRBO Fiesta Bowl at 4 p.m. Eastern ESPN. Number three TCU taking on Jim Harbaugh's number two Michigan Wolverines down there in State Farm Stadium in the big toaster, as David likes to call it, in Glendale, Arizona, where the Arizona Cardinals play. How do you see this one shaking out?
1: Well, yeah, with TCU, they've kept it close for most of the year. There were games where they got off to that dominant start, like I mentioned, with Penn State. And then there were games where they would struggle but found a way to come back. That wasn't necessarily the case the last time we saw them play, which was against Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. So I think it's very key for TCU. They got to get out to a quick start, kind of control things, protect Max Duggan, because I don't know what Jim Harbaugh and them are going to throw at, uh, at at Max Duggan. But um, I think it's also key, TCU has to try and make this a shootout, make Michigan jump out their box, because Mich- what does Michigan want to do, Izzy? They want to run the football, and they want to control the clock, right? They want to get in you. But, however, Michigan doesn't mind making it a shootout. That's their last resort, and that's what they don't want to do. So I think whoever can execute their style and be more consistent with it is going to win the game. And I think Michigan is playing with a big chip on their shoulder. They were here last year. They got embarrassed. They beat Ohio State two years in a row. They've won the Big Ten East. They've won the Big Ten championship. Now they need to get to a national championship, and I think they do that tomorrow because I just think they have too much. I think Donovan Edwards is going to get the job done, mm-hmm. but watch out. My two X-Factors for this game, for TCU, I'm watching Tay Barber. He is the yang to Quentin Johnston, who is the yang. You already know what you're going to get from Quentin Johnston, but I think you overcompensate Quentin, that's going to leave a lot of leeway open for Tay. And if you... Play him a little too soft; he will make you pay for it, and that's going to be an interesting matchup. Looking at these TCU receivers against this Michigan, uh, against this Michigan secondary, and then for the Wolverines, I'm looking at Ronnie Bell, a a veteran receiver who can make those catches over the middle, who can convert the chains, and you know that's gonna he's gonna be big time because TCU is gonna be all in and trying to load that box up. I really like what I'm seeing from J.J. McCarthy. And I just think Michigan, they're the far more superior team. I'm taking the Wolverines here.
0: Yeah. um You know, I think this game, you know, and TCU does some things that Michigan uh, pretty much, you know, hasn't really, like like when they haven't seen. I mean, when they face Ohio State and they face Purdue, they haven't seen a guy that can run the football like Kendre Miller. Um, they kind of skipped out on some of those guys, right? That they played this season. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the best running back that they faced this season. Um, uh, Kendra Miller, how do you stop him? You know, thirteen hundred. You got to account for over thirteen hundred yards and seventeen touchdowns, uh, Christian. Um, and that's going to be a key in this game. Is trying to contain Kendra Miller. I think yes. I think Quentin Johnson, Tay Barber. I think those guys are are going to be. You know, like 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 we said, Sonny Dykes likes to air it out, right? Yeah, I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, right? Right, right. Um, But I think Kendra Miller is an X factor in this game when it comes to TCU. I think if he can get going, if he can run, if if they can run the football against Michigan, keep it close, kind of, you know, do some clock management. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think TCU has a good shot at kind of pulling off the upset against us. saying, Yes, this would be an upset because I do, because Michigan is favored by seven and a half points, and Michigan is the favorite. Favorite in this game. And really, this is tc's first time in the college football playoff. This is Michigan's second time in the college football playoff back-to-back years uh for Michigan. I'm gonna actually go with the Wolverines though. I think that the more physical team, I think in the trenches, they'll be able to get whatever the hell they want. Donovan Edwards uh is a is is you know, I don't know no Blake Corm, he's done for the season, he's going to the NFL. Uh so Donovan Edwards gonna get it done. He's more than capable. At getting it done. Right. When I look at the defenses, Michigan plays way more physical defense.
1: Exactly. Than TCU. TCU exactly.
0: allows anybody and everybody to get whatever the hell they want on that defense, and that's kind of scary uh, for me. Uh, if I, you know, if, if if I if I'm a TCU fan, so I'm going Michigan to win this football game.
1: I agree, um, and I just can't wait to see. The game plan, because you have to keep Max in that pocket because he can make things happen with his feet. I actually think he does his most damage when he is when he is scrambling and making things happen. Look at that Big
0: Twelve title game. I mean, he put that team on his back. TCU's not here without Max Duggan. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. They're not here without Max. I mean, they're coming off that that uh, loss uh, to K State No T in the Big Twelve championship. <laughs> Uh, hopefully they bounce back, but I just don't, I don't see it going happening against Michigan. I got Michigan going into the national championship and moving forward to our uh, Chick-fil-A piece. But this is our last game of the college football playoffs. The second game in the college football playoffs. Number four Ohio State going up against number one Georgia at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're APM Eastern. Uh, ESPN. How do you see? This one's shaking out.
1: All right, Izzy, you know what's coming. You want to say it with me?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm going to say it with you. Shameless, shameless, plug, shameless
1: plug, baby. You already know. But look, when I look at this one, something's got to give. We're talking about strength versus strength. Ohio State, the ranked third nationally in total offense. This offense gets averages about 500 yards per game, maybe a little over. They, they do it in their sleep. Wherever the ball's lined up, they're gonna push that ball up and down the field. No Jackson Smith and Jigba, no problem. Look who stepped up, stunting like his daddy, like you always say.
0: Marvin, Marvin Harris, Harris
1: Marvin. look, look, if your daddy is a Hall of Famer and he has a gold jacket, you cannot be a slouch out here. And <laughs> uh, look, I'm just look, I'm just uh-huh. I'm just being honest. And then on the other side, Georgia, they're ranked ninth nationally in total defense, and they give up a little under 300 yards per game. So something is going to have to give. Something's going to have to break. So let's look at Ohio State. I think it's going to be key for Ohio State to run the football. Travion Henderson, because throw Georgia's defense off. They're going to be all in. Trying to limit Marvin Harrison Jr. Trying to get after C.J. Stroud. Make C.J. Stroud a runner because he likes to sit in that pocket. Hit him behind a line of scrimmage. Don't allow him to nickel and dime you every single play. Then when I look at, when I look at Georgia, I mean, look, haven't been as sexy as they were last year, but a loss still remains in, uh, a, a zero still remains in that loss column. And I mean, my thing with Georgia's offense is it's extremely underrated because they can push the ball up and down the field when an opportunity presents itself defensively. Yeah, they're gonna be without Nolan Smith, but Jalen Carter has really stepped up. I think he's a top ten pick next year in in, in the NFL draft in two thousand twenty-three. Um he got he just he does everything in the trenches and he's gonna be tough for um for for, for Ohio State to really counterattack and, and, and build around. But I look at when I look at this matchup for Ohio State to win, they got to strike early. Like, they cannot get behind. Like, they got to strike early. And when you play Georgia and you're in the red zone, you have to come away with points. You're not going to beat this team kicking field goals. And also, I think for Ohio State, you got to try. You got to – they'll win this game if they take away the tight ends. Because the tight ends are a huge part of what it is yep. that Georgia likes to do. And it's not just Brock one. Byers, it's two. Mackie it's two. winner. Right. It's, you know, it's Brock Bowers. It's Darnell Washington. And I think both these yep. guys are going to find themselves on an the NFL roster. I preview this one oh. two hours. Oh. I preview this one two hours before kickoff tomorrow. Izzy, you'll be the first person to see it. Be on the lookout.
0: Oh, yeah. Be on the lookout. So you guys go catch that. Um... You know that article by Christian, um, and he'll he'll give you his winners for Ohio State and Georgia. Which Christian, these two teams? Can you imagine? Can you can you can you um, dig this? They've only played once in these you know long storied uh, you know programs. Yeah, Uh, I mean, Georgia and Ohio State have only played one time. Yeah,
1: you know, I just just all games play football. Yeah. Sure. I, think Georgia. I think Georgia is running back to you. I mean Terrell Davis, yeah. Herschel Walker, Nick Chubb, Ty Gurley, um, James Cook. I mean, I know he's not really in the same bubble as the ones I listed because you know there was one Hall of Famer. I just listed that in TV and then you know I was at all the big names that the plate for Ohio State. Eddie George, Chris Carter. Justin Fields, Jackson Smith, and Jake Buck. And even with Georgia, I can't believe I forgot one. He's one of my favorites of all time. Champ Bailey, another pro football hall of famer. So, yeah, a lot of legendary names have played for these programs. And, God, I just saw saw that somebody said Georgia could be considered a blue blood of the sport. I don't know if I'm ready to go there just yet. Like, they've been successful. Yeah, but... You know, when I think of blue bloods of college football, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, USC, Ohio State, yeah, those are blue bloods to me in in the sport of college football. So, this is Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, so this is going to be a great game. I think if Georgia strikes early and if they have 28 points by the half, this game is over.
0: Oh, man, styles make matchups, Christian. I always say this. Mm -hmm. Styles make matchups. I'm going to tell you this. Just as talented as Georgia is with Donnell Washington and Brock Byers and some of those other guys for Stetson Bennett, um, uh, so is, you know, just as important as those guys are, so is Marvin Harrison Jr. So is Emeka Ubuka. So is Julian Fleming who people don't realize this guy's a big play wide receiver averaging 15.9 per catch uh, per reception with six touchdowns on the season. You got guys on Ohio state. They can go four deep. I can even go, you know, with their tight end uh, in the wide receiver, Jaden Ballard, Kate Stover. I can go with some of those guys as well. They can kind of get it done, but those three main wide receivers, they're going to give Georgia some problems. Mayan Williams, Trey Henderson running the football. We obviously know how good Georgia is Defensively, one of the best teams in the nation defensively. They're only allowing 12.8 points per game on the season. Uh, they're allowing, you know, rushing yards per game, 77 yards. So this game's going to have to be won through the air. And what better quarterback to do that than a guy like CJ Shroud sitting back in the pocket? And, and what I want to say, if you're going to pack, if you're going to drop back 55 times, right, against Georgia, um, you're going to want this offensive line. This offensive line is built to pass protect. Not run the football, but this offensive is built to pass protect. Let me say that. This is one of the best offensive lines when it comes to pass protection in the nation. So Georgia's going to have a tough time trying to get to C.J. Stroud in Ohio State. They're going to have to take away Marvin Harrison Jr. They're going to have to take away um, Ibuka, uh, which is going to be tough. Um, but also this is what you gotta do if you're Ohio State, and this is what really scares me is defensively. I, you know, they have to be just as physical in the trenches with Georgia. I don't see it, Christian. I, you know, um, you know, I just, I just, I think that Georgia's just more physical, yeah, in the trenches when it comes offensively. And like you said, if Georgia comes out um stops them, you know, maybe a couple times and and they're up 14 points. That's all she wrote. Because I mean, even though I think Ohio State does have the offense to kind of come back, I think being down 14 points to Georgia is not where you want to be early on in the football. No, it's not because
1: once they put their foot down, they keep their foot on the gas. And look, the one thing I will say about Ohio State, this defense has improved so much compared to how Tommy Eichenberg, um yeah, and this is why you went and got Jim Knowles for mm-hmm. a game like this. I, you know, I just I look at I look at Ohio State. And this year, I remember saying it. It was the game against Wisconsin. They built up such an early lead against the Badgers It never looked back. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. not only did they not
1: look back, but they play with a sense of urgency even when they have a three touchdown lead built up already.
0: Hmm. and I mean, and in with Ohio State defensively, I mean Tommy Eichenberg, he leads the pack. But you, you know, uh, is the is the captain of this defense, linebacker of this defense. But you know, when it comes to the pass rush, you know they got <coughs> multiple guys getting it done. Zach Harrison with three sacks. You got J T. Tum- Tumalo who had a hell of a game against Penn big, State. Uh, against Penn State. Against Penn State. Yeah, three and a half sacks on the season. Jack Sawyer, four and a half sacks. Uh Michael Hall Jr., defensive tackle, four and a half sacks. Javante John Baptiste, three and a half sacks. So you got guys on Ohio State that can actually, you know, that 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 can, you know, they have a collective unit that can get after it defensively. So I think it's gonna be, you know, how you're gonna get to, you know, if you can be able, this is the key for Ohio State to win, right? Mm-hmm. Stop the run, try and be as physical yeah. I think they if they, they I think they can be capable of doing that. I think what we saw against Michigan was them being too overly eager and them not making them being too big-headed and not making the proper adjustments in the second half. No, I like, think yeah, me. yeah,
1: that's exactly and what I, it was. And not only that, I just think you know Ohio State secondary is a little suspect. So look out for McIntosh yeah. in this game. I think he can really make a lot of defenders um, for Ohio State pay because Ohio State, just the way I saw them play against Michigan. I did not like the way they looked. They gave up way mm-hmm. too many plays. And it was almost like J.J. McCarthy was saying, look, I'm going to keep throwing this ball in the air until y'all stop it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and, no, and I honestly, I honestly believe, like, keys for Ohio State, be physical in the trenches. If you can stop the run, get after the quarterback, make Stetson Bennett beat you. We've seen Stetson Bennett beat teams before, And Stetson Bennett's a big game quarterback. We already know this. He plays biggest in the biggest games, um, so, you know, make Stetson Bennett beat you. I still am a true believer in that. If you if you can get make him beat you um, through the air, um, you know, I, I like your chances a lot better than them kind of physically pounding the football. But this is a style, you know, this is a style game, right? And mm-hmm. I think defensively Georgia's going to have problems. I mean, when we, we saw it against Missouri. They had problems against Missouri, and they took the lead late in the half. I think if you do that and make that – play that same type of game against a team like Ohio State, which kind of does some similar things that Missouri has done. I, uh, that has done I think and, and probably at a way higher level I think Ohio State I like the chances in for Georgia on that side I think for them I think obviously it's being able to get after C.J. Stroud, make him uncomfortable rush his throws and make sure he's not comfortable in the pocket getting it to his uh his um his wide receivers uh Fleming Harrison Jr. and uh Ekbuka. so I, I think that's really the key for me for Georgia I think I think everything's there for them I think they're physical brand of defense. They run the football, they're physical, but you know, defensively, I know that they can stop the run. Um, but it's all about let's see if they can, you know, get CJ Stroud uncomfortable in the pocket. Because if CJ is uncomfortable in the pocket standing upright and he's delivering the football, it could be a long day for Georgia.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because my thing, my thing with with Georgia's defense, they're gonna throw a lot of different looks, man. I look at that national championship last year uh, uh, against Alabama and just the difference in game planning. Like, yeah, I know he had forever and a day to throw in the SEC championship, Bryce Young, but Georgia mixed it up. They were able to get home with three. And I see a lot of that same game plan happening tomorrow, rushing with three, sending a linebacker whenever they had to. Because that's the thing about Georgia. They don't have to blitz. They can get home with just pure power and a pure bull rush. And yeah, that's gonna be a war. Like which which strength is gonna pop out tomorrow? Is it gonna be is it gonna be the Ohio State offense or is it gonna be the um the Georgia defense and Georgia? No, their defense has been I don't wanna say they've been exposed this year because a couple of teams have scored twenty. On and LSU scored 30 on the, in the SEC title game. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Remember, I told you, Izzy, this was a matchup. I wanted to see it. It takes a strong defensive line to neutralize this Ohio State offense, and they have that.
0: Yeah, no, they do have that. So it should be fun. You guys catch that and catch Christian dropping his article, giving you his um, prediction on that game two hours before kickoff, which should be at six. 6- P.M. Eastern uh, Standard Time um, for you guys to so look out for that article by Christian. But uh man, it's been a pleasure. And as we're wrapping down the season, Christian, this has been a uh, great season. Uh, I think we'll come back next week and we will preview. Uh, we will preview the national championship game, which will be next. Not this coming up Monday, but the following Monday. Yeah. So yeah, we'll preview yeah, that, yep. and we'll review that. We'll try to review that um, as soon as possible after the game on Monday. So yeah. you guys watch out for that. And uh, it's always sad because I mean we have an hour, but it just it seems like it's not enough time because we 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 just we love doing the show and bringing this to you guys. Uh, but go ahead and please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast at Prime Sports World on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. I gotta get those subscribers up, guys. Go ahead and go ahead and click that like button on that YouTube page and, and go ahead and, and, and catch that heat, baby. Cause we bring in the fade and we bring in the heat and every day, baby. Uh, uh, going, live six, <laughs> going live six to seven times a week. And go ahead and catch Christian Simpson on the daily blog and Monday evening quarterback releasing um, yep. here for you guys. So you guys don't want to miss that content for us. But, uh, yes, you guys uh, drink responsibly this weekend, watching your favorite teams. And uh, as I like to say, if I, in case I don't see it, man, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and ladies all, and gentlemen.
1: And the one thing I always like to say, too, I'll ask <laughs> holla at your boy.
0: Holla at your boy. <laughs> Holla at your boy. Peace out, guys. Have oh, a yes. great night for Prize yes. Force World. And have Absolutely. a happy New Year's. Everybody happy New responsibly, year. like I said, have a happy New Year's and come into the New Year's right with no DUIs. Just saying. Just yep. saying. I don't want to see, I want to see no mugshots on Facebook this weekend. Okay.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> All right. Peace out, guys. See